Well, good morning and welcome to East LJ Baptist Church. We're so excited to have you this morning. It's a, a beautiful Lord's Day outside and um, we're going to worship the Spirit inside and then we we'll get to go out and enjoy that. So um, here at East LJ, we are captivated by Christ uh, and we're captivated because we've seen and can't unsee the glory of God found in Jesus Christ. Uh, and we hope that... Um, as you hear his word, that it'll touch your heart this morning, that uh, it will give you that vision as well, um, and that you will see and embrace the beauty of Christ uh, that we enjoy and find in ourselves. So let's open in prayer uh, this morning, and we'll turn it over to uh, our worship team, or to Chad first, and then to our worship team, uh, and just ask you to enjoy, um, worship with us today in spirit and in truth. Father, we are so grateful to you. Father, thank you for um, the freedoms and the opportunities that we enjoy in this country. Father, I pray that you would help us to never forget uh, the sacrifice of the men and women that have given us those freedoms. Uh, but Father, more importantly, um, we thank you for the sacrifice of Jesus Christ that gives us ultimate freedom in eternity, Father worshiping you and in your presence and and father we're just so thankful for that we pray to god that you would just open your word to us this morning to open our hearts our minds to receive your truth father that we might uh, apply that in a way that uh, makes us more and more like christ father that gives us a heart for the people around us that need you so desperately uh, father and we just we just pray for people um, for you to draw people unto yourself father that they might be saved we just give you praise, honor, and glory this morning in Christ's name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Kyle. And welcome. So glad to see you out this morning. Uh, I want to do a quick thank you to all who were involved with our Pray For Me campaign. If you are involved with Pray For Me, if you're a student, if you're a prayer champion, uh, if you're helping behind the scenes, in any way, if you just stand for me real quick. All right, we had a great kickoff morning. We appreciate you, uh, and I know our students particularly appreciate our adults' willingness to pray for them. If you're joining us for the first time this morning, welcome. Pray for me is uh, something we do here where we um, pair up our adults with students, and we pray for them, um, and we, we pray God's Word over them throughout the school year. And so that's what we just kicked off before uh, this service during the time of this uh, normal Sunday school hour. And so thank you to, to all involved with that, uh, all who uh, uh, got all the preparations made on the front side. Appreciate your help there. Well, yesterday we came together as a nation to remember the horror of 9-11-2001 and the pre precious lives that were taken that day. Um, we remember even this morning their families, and we continue to pray for them. And today we pray together for a restored and growing unity in our nation. Amen? Amen. I want to recognize any first responders or military, uh, active military that we have here, uh, or former military, uh, retired military that we have with us this morning. If you'd just stand, first responders, military. We appreciate you. We honor you. Thank you so much. Let's pray together. Father, we do this morning pray for our nation. 
We thank you, Father, for the time we've had just this weekend to remember. And God, even as Kyle's prayed, may we never forget. But Lord, I pray that even this morning you would continue to comfort families who lost loved ones that day. We do thank you for our first responders. We pray for them as day in and day out, they never know what they're walking into. Father, we pray for our military, um, our active military, the world over this morning. We pray for your protection there. Uh, thank you for each one. And Lord, I pray uh, for our nation as a whole. It seemed that for a few moments yesterday, we remembered we are all Americans. And so I pray, God, that you would restore unity and that your truth and the realities and, and things you've ordained in our lives would hold fast and hold sway over hearts and minds. Thank you for this opportunity, even as Kyle has also prayed, Father, for us to come and remember the freedom that can be ours through Jesus. Thank you for our text this morning that reminds us of that as well. Lord, lift high the name of Jesus in this hour, we pray in Christ's name. Amen. Would you all stand with me as we read from God's Word? Luke chapter 17, verses 11 through 19 will be our text for this morning. This, uh, if you're joining us for the first time, this is, uh, we're just working our way through the, the Gospel of Luke. And we've come to Luke 17, verse 11, where it says, On the way to Jerusalem, he, being Jesus, was passing along between Samaria and Galilee. And as he entered a village, he was met by ten lepers who stood at a distance and lifted up their voices, saying, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. When he saw them, he said to them, Go and show yourselves to the priest. And as they went, they were cleansed. Then one of them, when he saw that he was healed, turned back, praising God with a loud voice, and he fell on his face at Jesus' feet, giving him thanks. Now he was a Samaritan. Then Jesus answered, Were not ten cleansed? Where are the nine? Was no one found to return and give praise to God except this foreigner? And he said to him, Rise and go your way. Your faith has made you well. Our Savior can not only heal physically when He chooses to do so, He heals us eternally and spiritually forever through the life, death, and resurrection of His own Son, Jesus Christ. Amen? And if you know Him today, then you have that most important of healings. Your heart has been healed from sin, and you've been made right and restored to God. What a privilege it is to know the gospel the truth about Jesus. Amen? And yet we know people, we have neighbors, co-workers, friends, family that, that don't know Jesus like we do. And so I want us to pray for them. I want us to pray for our own witness to them and our, our willingness to talk to them about Jesus when those opportunities arise. And I want us to pray for some other folks in our, in our midst and connected to our church that are sick as well. So join me as we pray once again. Father, Thank you for the good news of Jesus. Thank you for the, that he is the great physician of our bodies when he chooses to demonstrate his power that way. But he is the only Savior for our souls. And I thank you, Lord Jesus, that 
if we come to you, you won't cast us out. Lord, if we call on you, you will save and rescue us. Father, this morning we want to pray for Nancy, the family of Nancy, Nancy Guzman who passed away in the last couple of days. We continue to pray for David Guzman. We pray for one of our uh, regular attenders, Mike McLeod, recovering from COVID. We lift up Keith and Herman Aldridge and other family members in the Aldridge family who are uh, battling COVID right now. Pray for Christy Corum and Laura Thomas. Continue to pray for uh, our brother Russell Adamson. Thank you that he and Cindy are home. And, uh, and then, Lord, we pray for the family of Jeff Wimpy and the family of Harold Crump as they grieve this week. Lord, we pray for all the COVID patients, and there are so many that we all know. And we lift up our health care workers, Father, that you would strengthen and uphold them in these days. Father, again, thank you for this time. Open our eyes to see you. Capture our hearts. We pray that you would help us to be still and know that you're God, to lay all things else aside. Thank you that you brought us together in this place on this day. And God, we know that's because you want to meet with us. So give us ears to hear your voice, even by the Spirit of God, through the Word of God. This morning we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Remain standing as we worship in song. We're glad you've joined us. Let's sing together. Uh, we're going to start with Living Hope. Thank you. 
we'll sing as Jason leads us in this next song. It's one of my favorites. Your love never fails. Stay the same through the ages. 
Jesus, we thank you for your love. 
Thank you for the truth of the gospel that we've just been singing about. Thank you that we can sing that all things work together for our good and believe it. Because the same God that loved us enough to give his own son and from the absolutely worst and most unjust thing to ever happen in human history, namely the crucifixion of his son. Lord, you took that and made it the way of salvation. The worst thing became the best thing. And even in our lives when the hard, unexplainable, painful, even tragic things come, we can know that your love has once and for all been proven in Christ. And because Jesus rose from the dead, we have living hope no matter what. And nothing that comes, nobody, no thing, can separate us ever for all of eternity from the love of God in Jesus. And we praise you for that, Father. Thank you for your love. Thank you for such mercy. Thank you that we can know that you are for us. It is an amazing truth. May we celebrate the gospel this morning. May we celebrate your grace. May we love Jesus more in this hour by your power, by your help, Holy Spirit of God. Thank you for this time and for your presence. Thank you for your word. And we ask now that you would be our teacher as we open it. And that we would hear Jesus speaking to us. That our hearts would be penetrated and changed. That our lives would be transformed. For truly you are worthy of all the praise and honor and glory that we can give you in our lives. We thank you in advance. In Jesus' name, amen. All right. We will be dismissed to Children's Church. And as they're making their way to Children's Church, I'd invite you to turn with me in your Bibles this morning to Luke chapter 17. Luke chapter 17. Again, we'll be looking at verses 11 through 19 in just a few moments. So far as I know, I have never seen anyone with leprosy. Is there anybody here today that's ever actually personally seen someone who had the disease of leprosy? Anybody? Okay, there's a couple pictures here, just real quick. I think there's about three. This is what leprosy does to the human body. Just take a look at these pictures, just a couple more. The skin loses its original color and becomes thick and glossy and scaly. 
And as this sickness progresses, the thickened spots become dirty sores and ulcers due to poor blood supply. And then the skin, especially around the eyes and the ears, begins to bunch with deep furrows between the swelling so that the face of those afflicted with leprosy begins to resemble that of a lion. Fingers drop off or literally are just absorbed. They just kind of disappear. Toes are affected similarly. Eyebrows and eyelashes drop out. And by that time, it's very obvious that the person in this condition is truly a leper. By the touch of the finger, one can feel it. One can even smell it because a leper emits a very unpleasant odor with these open sores all over their bodies. Moreover, in view of the fact that the disease-producing agent frequently attacks the larynx in your throat, the leper's voice has just sort of a grating, uh, really super raspy quality. Dr. Paul Brand is the modern, world-renowned expert on leprosy, and he gives some insights in his up-to-date book. Um, the disease is actually called Hansen's disease. It's cruel, not at all the way other diseases are. It primarily acts as an anesthetic, numbing the pain cells of your hands, feet, nose, eyes, and ears. And maybe at first glance you think, well, that's not so bad. You don't feel anything, but that's the point. You don't feel anything. And what makes a painless disease so horrible is that that numbing quality is precisely the reason it's so bad. The extremities are numbed, and the destruction that follows is because the warning system of pain is gone. And so basically, people destroy their own limbs and they never know it. The disease would, can, can go from... In the past, when there, before there was you know, help and, and, and medication for this, there is a cure for this now, but in, 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 in some places in the world and other places where it still remains, it can, uh, it can be from 10 to 30 years. People live 30 years with leprosy. And they usually die from some sort of low resistance or other diseases or secondary infections that come along with that. One commentator tells us that in Jesus' day, because of all that I just described about leprosy, these people became beggars. They had no connection with anybody in society who wasn't a leper. And so there were, as you know from history, leper colonies. They lived only together. It was kind of a living death. Being a leper was the worst imaginable condition. Horribly disfiguring, horribly ugly, pockets worn into your face and your head, clawed limbs worn away, open sores. You were religiously isolated. You were socially isolated, economically isolated. No family, no job, no friends, no worship. Just no hope. Now, with that understanding of leprosy in mind, I want us to read our text again from Luke 17, verses 11 to 19. On the way to Jerusalem, he was passing along between Samaria and Galilee. Jesus, at this point, is headed to Jerusalem. It's his final trip to Jerusalem. He will die there when he arrives as the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. He's made that clear. 
Verse 12, and as he entered a village, he was met by ten lepers. Just let all that we've just talked about go through your mind. There's ten people in front of Jesus who were dealing with all of that, that leprosy brings. And they lifted up their voices saying, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. When he saw them, he said to them, go and show yourselves to the priest. It's interesting. We've seen Jesus and a leper before back in Luke chapter 5. It's been a while. But is, can anybody re- remember, what did Jesus do different between the leper then and the ten lepers here? What did he do in Luke 5 with that leper? Anybody remember? Jesus wasn't afraid of leprosy. He touched the leper in Luke chapter 5. Here, though, he just simply speaks back to them, and he simply says, go and show yourselves to the priest. We'll talk about that in a little bit. And as they went, they were cleansed. Then one of them, when he saw that he was healed, turned back, praising God with a loud voice, and he fell on his face at Jesus' feet, giving him thanks. Now he was a Samaritan. Then Jesus answered, were not ten cleansed? Where are the nine? Was no one found to return and give praise to God except this foreigner? And he said to him, rise and go your way. Your faith has made you well. You know, we're all very familiar with the parable of the Good Samaritan, right? The Good Samaritan. Very familiar, but this morning's text is a literal story about the grateful Samaritan. From Luke 17, verses 11 through 19, I want to talk to you this morning about the grateful Samaritan. And here's the truth I want you to take home from these few verses. Gratitude that results in loud thanksgiving to Jesus is a distinctive mark of saving faith. You want to know what a true believer in Jesus looks like? This grateful Samaritan is a beautiful picture of a true follower of Christ. The first thing I want you to notice in verses 12 and 13 is this. Many come to Jesus to get his gifts. Many come to Jesus to get his gifts. And as he entered a village, he was met by ten lepers, lepers who stood at a distance and lifted up their voices saying, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. It's interesting what was going on in this group of lepers We know there was at least one Samaritan. The assumption because of where Jesus was is most were Jews. But he was going through Samaria and Galilee, it says, on his way to Jerusalem. And so it was no doubt a mix. Uh, William Barclay says this, a common misfortune, that is, leprosy, had broken down the racial and national barriers that divided this group of ten people. In the common tragedy of their leprosy, they had forgotten they were Jews and Samaritans and remembered only They were men in need, in need of the same thing, and that is the mercy of God. Jesus, Master, my life is a mess. Please fix it for me. There are many who come to Jesus for his gifts. They all wanted their bodies healed, and you can't blame them. What an awful disease they bore in their bodies in this moment. 
But many come to Jesus for his gifts. Are you beginning to pick up what I'm laying down? Many come to Jesus only for his gifts. Second thing I want you to see in verse 14 is that Jesus is merciful and he gives gifts to many. When he saw them, he said to them, Go and show yourselves to the priest. And as they went, they were cleansed. Now, can I just go ahead and tell you, I don't understand all that's going on here in this passage. But all ten of these lepers apparently believed Jesus enough to head toward the temple to the priest he told them to go see. And the deal was those priests were responsible to certify ritual cleansing for worshipers there in Israel. So, so the priests were responsible to certify that they were leprosy-free and give them the go-ahead to return into society. And so that's why Jesus says, go see the priest. Now, when he said that, in that initial moment, they didn't realize what was fixing to happen, did they? They're thinking, why? What's the... I came to you, Jesus, you know. But they start... They believe him and they say, okay, Jesus, if you say go to the priest and that's where I'll go. And it says, as they went, they were cleansed. As they went, they were cleansed. There's a principle here, I think, for all of us. Oftentimes, God works in our lives when we're in the process of obeying him, doesn't he? I don't know about you, but this is the way I, you know, when, when, when God asks me my opinion, this is what I tell God. You understand the sarcasm in my voice at this point, right? When God asks my opinion, this is what I say. God, here's what I'd like for you to do. I would like for you to do your thing before I have to do anything. Like, I want to see your power in my life before I actually have to take a step of obedience. And then, like, when I see your power, then I'll know I can, I, oh, now I can, now, now I'm comfortable obeying I don't want you to, like, you know, test my faith. I don't want you to, to call on me to believe you and take a step of obedience before you act in power in my life. I want, I want it the other way around. And yet Jesus said, go present yourself to the priest. And the text is very clear. Luke's, Luke's Greek is crystal. And as they went, they were cleansed. As they went. I just wonder, is there something God is not doing in your life? Is there something that God is, 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 is desirous to do in, in, in my life, but, but it's trust and obey, and then the power and the hand of God will move as we go. Don't miss what just happened. As they went, they were cleansed of leprosy of what you saw on the screen and imagined in your minds as we describe the awfulness of this thing, these lepers are immediately, in a moment, completely and fully cleansed, cured, healed. Those Greek words in, that, in those two verses mean of leprosy, in a moment. In that split second, as Jesus spoke, their skin is returned to normal. Their nerves are healed. The, the, the neural pathways are re, remapped in their bodies so that 
the numbness is gone and their fingers and their toes can feel again. And suddenly they know that pain is their friend because they're, they're not going to hurt themselves anymore. I mean, do you understand? This is huge. Their lives are in this moment changed. In fact, they're restored. They've not had a life. It's been a living death. No hope, no friends, no job, no family. Their living death is replaced with a whole new lease on life. This is a huge thing. I mean, it's life-altering for them. Tonight, after they see the priest, they'll go home to their wives for the first time many of them in years. They'll see up close and be able to hug their children for the first time perhaps in decades for some of them. They'll sleep in their own beds, in their own homes, for the first time in years tonight. And tomorrow they'll be free to get a job and go to work and support their families not have to be beggars ever again. And even though they don't realize this, when they get to the priest, there at the temple, they will be living undeniable witnesses to the power of Jesus, the Son of God, which is another reason Jesus sent them to the priest. So that the leaders of Israel would know that this one is the Son of God, and he's just healed these ten leper boys that everybody in town knows, and knows they've been lepers a long time, and knows... Nobody gets over leprosy. It just doesn't go away. Only Jesus. But notice, thirdly this morning in verses 15 and 16, many come to Jesus for his gifts. Jesus is gracious and gives gifts to many, but few come to Jesus to treasure him with thanksgiving. Few come to Jesus to treasure him with thanksgiving, because in verse 15, it says, of those ten, it says, then one of them. When he saw that he was healed, turned back, praising God with a loud voice, and he fell on his face at Jesus' feet, giving him thanks. Now he was a Samaritan. The grateful Samaritan. This Samaritan, who, by the way, didn't even have a right understanding of God and how to worship Him, the Samaritan Pentateuch, that is a Samaritan version of, the, of, of their part of the, Old, of the Old Testament law, it was all jacked up, it wasn't right. They literally were heretical in their understanding of who God was and how to worship Him. They worshiped Him in the wrong place. They said Mount Gerizim was the place. They built the temple there. God says it was Jerusalem, the temple there and there only in that day. This Samaritan, as soon as he realizes he's been healed, he turns back. He turns around. He leaves the other nine and he goes back to his healer loudly praising God and falling on his face to thank Jesus with all his heart. This Samaritan is clear on one thing. He may not know a lot of things. He may even be messed up on many things, but he knows one thing, and he's got it crystal clear. Jesus mercifully and powerfully healed him. 
And that means that God deserves glory and Jesus deserves immediate and ongoing gratitude. Amen? He didn't, he didn't know a lot. What he did know was messed up. But he knew after Jesus healed him, he knew Jesus deserved his worship and his forever thanks. And so he turns on a dime and he goes back to his healer. You know, it kind of reminds me of the thief on the cross that we've talked about recently and what it must have been like when he got to heaven all he knew in the words of Alistair Begg is that the man on the middle cross said, I could come, but that was enough to know. Amen? And all this Samaritan leper knew, all this grateful Samaritan knew was, Jesus is the one who healed me where I need to go first. I may still need to go to the priest before I go home tonight, but first stop is Jesus' feet. Because before I called out to Jesus, I had leprosy. As soon as he said move, I was healed. He deserves my worship, and his Father deserves the glory for what he's done in my life. You see, many come to Jesus for his gifts, but few come to Jesus to treasure him with thanksgiving. And Jesus, poignantly, in verse 17, affirms this grateful response. Then Jesus answered, were not ten cleansed? I mean, y'all haven't forgot the story, right? There was 10 of these guys. There were 10 whose lives were unbelievably changed in a moment. Were not 10 cleansed? Where are the nine? Jesus is asking. Literally here in the Greek, it's its, it's, its own purpose. It says, the nine, where are they? Was no one found verse 18, to return and give praise to God except this foreigner. Chances are there were other Jewish people around Jesus when he spoke. He always traveled with the crowd, and, and as they're listening, he, he, he makes a point. The despised Samaritan got it right about who I am. The Jewish lepers who were God's own chosen people who had the right theology. They, they worshiped God at the right place in the right way according to His law. The Jewish lepers, though, did not return to thank Jesus and glorify God. Only this outcast, this half-breed Samaritan, only this grateful Samaritan. But Jesus takes it one step further with this grateful Samaritan in verse 19. He said to him, rise and go your way. Your faith has made you well. Now literally here, let me tell you what's going on in, in, in behind the scenes in, in the Greek language in, in this passage. There's sometimes that that makes a difference. I really don't know why the translators translate this last phrase, your faith has made you well. Earlier in the text, whenever healing or cleansing is, is being used, those words, if you look back in, in, your, in your scriptures there and see those words being used in verses 11 to 18, the, there's two different words being used there. They're, they're sort of synonymous. and They're used interchangeably to speak of cleansing slash healing slash cure. It's neither of those words being used here, and so it's not a good translation, and they all do it. I don't, I don't know. I don't get it. It should say, your faith has saved you. It's the word sozo in Greek. It, it means saved. And, 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 and all over the New Testament, even in the usage of Jesus himself, 
it's used by Jesus in other places to clearly say and refer to the forgiveness of sins. And I believe that's what he's saying here to this one grateful Samaritan. Used to be leper. Rise and go your way. Your faith has made you well. Your faith that, yes, there was, there was one level when I said go to the priest and all ten of you started moving that way. But your faith, Mr. Grateful Samaritan, that turned you around and brought, me, brought you back to my feet in gratitude and thanks and gave glory to God. Loudly it says. I told you earlier, I don't understand all that's going on here, but here's, here, here's, here's all I can tell you. Whatever it was that, whatever belief it was that moved the other nine, it wasn't the same kind of faith that brought the one back to Jesus. Can we agree on this? And here's what I know from this passage is gratitude is a distinguishing mark in true saving faith. Gratitude that acts like this. Nine lepers were physically healed by Jesus, but only one leper was both physically and spiritually healed, radically saved by Jesus. Gratitude that results in loud thanksgiving to Jesus is a distinctive mark of saving I firmly believe, and, 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 it, and it, it just I become more convinced of it the more I study the Word of God and the older I get. You know how you know how mature somebody is in the Lord? You know how to, you know how to tell who's, who, who the people are that are truly close to Jesus and understand the gospel best? And embrace the love of God in Christ the most. You know, you know how you, you'll know those people? They'll be the most grateful people you know. You'll always hear them talking about how thankful they are to God. Not just in general, but to God. It will spill over into their human relationships. You, you, you won't hear them complaining about stuff. You'll hear them being thankful for grace, and you'll see them extending grace to other people. It's just the way it works. The grateful Samaritan turned around and went back to the true and living temple, by the way. The real temple wasn't that building where the priests were hanging out where Jesus told them all to go, the grateful Samaritan came to understand who the true temple was, even Jesus himself. And this one grateful Samaritan, as he fell at the feet of Jesus, entered, if you will, the true holy of holies. He was face to face with the glory of God, 2 Corinthians 4, 6 says, in the face of Christ Jesus. Suddenly, that earthly temple, by the way, the, the glory of God had long before this moment left the, early, the earthly temple in Jerusalem, never to return. In fact, Ichabod, or in Hebrew, the Hebrew word is Ichabod, it, it, it being translated means, where is the glory, or the glory is gone. And that had been written over the building called the temple the glory of God had left and would never return. But Jesus 
is the living, breathing glory of God, Scripture tells us. And in Him, God's glory had in fact returned to Israel and was looking them in the face and telling them all about Himself, and they just missed it. Only this one great full Samaritan out of the ten leopards healed could see God's glory in Jesus. And man, he was captivated by Christ. Can you see it? Are you captivated by God's glory? Which is his saving grace. 2 Corinthians 4 also makes clear in Christ. Are you like the nine who took Jesus' physical gift but never truly trusted him as their Savior? You really want the genie in the bottle version, which, by the way, is nothing but an idol because you made him up. That's not, it's not Jesus. But you want the Jesus that just fixes things and makes things better in your life. It's not about wanting him. Are you like the nine or... Are you like the grateful Samaritan whose return in gratitude to Jesus proved his saving faith in him as his Savior? It just boggles my mind. I mean, I've been thinking about this story all week. It boggles my mind. How could you be one of these ten guys and have your life changed in a moment? Have your life given back to you in a split second. But stay with me on this. So, so, so to not just freak smooth out and, 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 and be so full of gratitude that altogether you ran back to Jesus. That's, that's one thing. But when one of you starts hollering praise to Jesus. Glory to God! I've been healed! Now, if I'm in the ten, I mean, stay with me. Do you see the scene? This guy's doing what I ought to be doing, but how do I not join him? The same thing just happened to me. Unless I really don't understood, understand what just happened to me. Unless I'm so focused on me and so self-centered about me, all I can think about is all the benefits that I get. And somehow I ignore the glory that is due the one who healed me. Jesus said that on Judgment Day, many, many will say to him, Lord, Lord, Master, Master, like the lepers here. They'll say, Lord, Lord. They'll, they'll, they'll talk to Jesus in that moment like they know him. And, and yet the judge, Jesus, will say to them, depart from me, for I never knew you. Are you more like the nine or are you more like the grateful Samaritan? In James 2, verses 19 and 20, the scripture says, You believe that God is one, you do well. You believe that the God of Israel is the true God, that he's the Father of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. You know what the text goes on to say? Even the demons believe, listen to this, and they shudder. Can I just tell you, some Baptists don't even shudder at who God is. There's probably church members in this room who don't shudder 
at who holy, holy, holy God Almighty is. The demons have got more sense than some of us. Y'all all right? When I take the holiness and the, and the power of God lightly, demons are smarter than I'm acting in that moment. Because they know who God is and they believe and they shudder. They tremble. Do you want to be shown, you foolish person, James goes on, that faith apart from works is useless? I'm not sure what all is going on with the other nine, but here's what I know. It seems a whole lot like the grateful Samaritan had saving faith that worked that didn't even just tremble at what he knew, but responded to the truth of who Jesus was. That is, he glorified God and he lived with gratitude. He thanked Jesus. He fell at his feet and worshipped him. The faith of the nine looks like dead faith to me. They were willing to do what Jesus said if it was going to get them what they wanted. But even when it got them what they wanted, it wasn't the kind of faith that gave thanks to God. By the way, it sounds a lot like Romans 1, does it not? The whole problem with humanity as a whole. And, and there it says that, 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 that we're born in sin. We, 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 we choose to sin. And part of that sin, kind of the chief component, foundational component of, of our sin that damns us before a holy God, puts us under his judgment, his wrath justly, is the fact that we don't give thanks and give glory to God as God. A lack of gratitude. Gratitude, you see, that results in loud thanksgiving to Jesus is a distinctive mark of saving true living faith. And can I just suggest that the lack of gratitude, even if you believe a whole lot of stuff about Jesus, could be the sign of demonic faith. The faith is no different than that of demons. They know who God is and they believe. They believe stronger than you do because they know better than we do who he is. You see, we're all spiritual lepers, eaten up with all our sin and being destroyed by it. We need the spiritual healing and salvation that only Jesus can give. Romans 3 says, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, and they are only justified by His grace as a gift through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus, whom God, Jesus, God put Jesus forward as a propitiation by His blood to be received by faith. He did this to show his righteousness at the present time so that he, God, might be just and the justifier of the one who has faith in Jesus. We're all spiritual lepers. We're all sinners who've fallen short of the glory of God. We are all under the just and holy judgment and wrath of God. But God has made a way of salvation. And that's what I want to leave you with this morning. God's made a way of salvation. There is a way that you can be declared not just right with God in some vague, un, uh, undiscernible way, but in a, in, that you can be, de listen to me, that you can be declared 100% righteous and holy before God, even though you're not. You say, well, how does a holy God declare me righteous before his holy bar? How does he call me perfect 
before his holy bar only because of the life, death, and resurrection of his son. Only because Jesus was perfect for you. And only because Jesus died as your propitiation. He took on the cross all of God's justice and wrath against your sin and against mine. He bore it for me. My sin has been paid for. Jesus paid it all. And because he did, if I will take the gift he gives, which is total forgiveness and absolutely perfect righteousness, that's what he wants to give me. If I'll simply take that as a gift by faith, then God can still be just and holy and at the very same time look at me as a sinner and because of Jesus, on the basis of who Jesus is and what he did, he can say, Chad, because he's in Christ, is as righteous as Jesus in my sight. And by the way, that's what he has said. Paul says we are fully accepted in the Beloved. That's the gospel. And if you know you're a spiritual leper in need of that kind of healing, it can be yours today. Will you take the ultimate, most important gift, the full and free payment for the guilt of all your sins so that your soul might be eternally healed? Will you, like this grateful Samaritan, fall on your face before Jesus this morning, right now, and worship him with unending gratitude? Gratitude, you see, that results in loud thanksgiving to Jesus, it's a very key, distinctive mark of saving faith. Do you have it? Do you know him? Let's pray. Father, I pray that we would be like the grateful Samaritan, that we would not just come to you for your gifts, but that we would treasure you for who you are and the grace of forgiveness and righteousness that you give us as a gift that we might live in relationship with you forever. God, forgive us when we treat you. Jesus, forgive us when we treat you like a genie in a bottle. And I pray that everyone under the sound of my voice today from the Word of God, because the Word of God we sing will be convinced that you will not be put in their box. You won't adapt your shape and form to fit our desires. You are Lord and Savior. And rather, we must bow. We must put our faces to the ground in gratitude and worship you and glorify you and give you all that we are. Pray for any in the room and via live stream this morning who have yet to trust Christ and take that gift of righteousness and forgiveness that he gives through the finished work of Christ. I pray that right now will be the day of their salvation. Father, thank you for what you're going to do and thank you for this powerful account and the powerful words of Jesus I pray somebody would go home today of whom Jesus would be speaking in that last verse when he said your faith has saved you may it be so today may we as your people be challenged 
about how we relate to you and see you and react to you. God, check our gratitude levels by your spirit right now. And may our gratitude ever grow to the glory of our God and Savior, the Lord Jesus himself. In whose name we pray. Amen. We're going to stand and sing. Uh, we're going to be led in a song of invitation here. The altar's open for you to come. Maybe you need to come know, to know Jesus today. I'll be standing right here at the front. I'd love to introduce you to him. Uh, the doors of our church are open to receive members any way we can. Many of you, several of you I know, have, have uh, completed our new members class and may want to join this local church family today. Uh, just feel free to come on up and we'll, we'll take care of that as well. Whatever your need is, we uh, sing together this morning. Let's stand.
amen and amen. We pray it is well with your soul today. You may be seated for just a moment. And this morning we have coming Eddie and Kathy Hensley. They come uh, by transfer of letter to, to seek membership in our church by transfer of letter from First Baptist Church. Uh, they are family for a number of you, and they've become family for all of us. They're my neighbors. We have the best neighborhood and good neighbors and are thankful uh, just to, for y'all and, and all that you mean to us personally, me and Betsy and, and to us as a church. What's the pleasure of the church regarding receiving Eddie and Kathy by transfer of letter from First Baptist? Is there a second? All in favor, let it be known by saying amen. amen. And we love you. We love you. We do love you. Y'all can be seated for just a moment and welcome. I, I'm not sure, is it constitutional that a cousin does that whole thing? Um, just kidding. Um, Eddie and Joe and uh, David and Sharon and anyway, there's a whole bunch of them, Ken. And so uh, welcome, Eddie and Kathy. We appreciate you and thank you for uh, being part of our, our lives and part of our church. We look forward to how God's going to use you. He's already using you guys in our church, and we pray that our church will serve and minister to you and your family in the days ahead. And, oh, by the way, this is their daughter, uh, Christy, up here. How did I almost miss that or not say that? So um, there's a bunch of connections. J.D., where are you at? Wave your hand, J.D. Yep, 15 this week, and that's their grandson right back there, one of them. And Britt, where's Britt? Britt in the room? No, he's, done, he's, he, he's under the pew at this point. All right, Kyle's got a few announcements before we close. Um, so if um, we've talked about this several times, if you have not downloaded our church app yet, our new church app, um, the web, new website is live. You'll need to go ahead and do that. So we've run them kind of concurrently here for a little bit, but those are about to be shut off. So in the pews, there should be some cards that has a QR code. So you can just take, open up your camera on your phone, take a picture, and um, it will uh, lead you to download the app there. So uh, be sure you get that done. Uh, it's been a long time coming, but this Wednesday, uh, we're going to, uh, start our children's ministry and our youth ministry back. We had our kickoff last Wednesday. Uh, had a good time of uh, just fun and, and meeting our students and things like that. So that will begin at 6:30. Um, so we want to thank all the volunteers that um, made our kickoff possible, made it a, a successful event, and for those that are serving this year. So uh, there's also a new ladies' Bible study entitled "The Voice of God." It's by Priscilla Shire. Uh, that begins tomorrow, uh, Monday, September the 13th, 5.30 to 7 p.m. out in the cottage. Okay, so that's up in the top end of the parking lot. Chad put mobile unit here, but it's a cottage. Got to have to say it correctly. <laughs> um, we are planning a deacon ordination service for Larry Mullinax, Travis Green, and Adam Pulliam. And that will be Sunday, September the 26th at 11 a.m., so we'll do that in our morning service there. Um, and the examination presbytery will be Saturday, the 25th, at 5. And then we're going to need some volunteers to help with this next one, but we're going to serve a pregame meal uh, for the Gilmer Bobcat football team, and that will be Friday, October the 1st. 
uh, be between 2 and 3 p.m. So if you can help with that, if you'll see uh, Jacob Callahan, I don't, I don't see Jacob, but maybe we could get uh, let Chad or Betsy know there too. We can, uh, they have a football player, so maybe we can, we can figure that out and get that to, to Jacob. So, no further announcements. We will pray and and be dismissed. Go enjoy your day, uh, and glad to have you with us. Father, again, thank you so much for your presence in our lives. Father, just uh, and how you bless us in so many ways. Pray, Father, that you would give us hearts of gratitude. Father, you would open our eyes to see the great gift that you've given. Father, that uh, we would running, run back always, praising you, Father, and, and the, being a witness, Father, for you that tell others that I was lost, but now I'm found through you. We just ask you to go with us today, that you'd lead us and guide us, and we pray in Christ's name. Amen. You are dismissed. Thank you.